And we'll go to Mary Holm, our personal finance expert. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Really nice to have you on the show always. Um, what got you to today's topic? It's a bit of a new one for you. Yeah, it is. Um, IPOs or initial public offerings. And what it was is a guy named Brent Sheezer, who's a he's a financial advisor, really, and also a writer and a researcher and all sorts of financial stuff. And he writes a column in MBR, National Business Review, and sends that column out to interested people to read, and I always have a look at it. And this time I thought, wow, this is interesting research Brent has done about how well IPOs have performed in the New Zealand share market since 2013. Uh-huh. But, um, and I thought, oh, this should, you know, more people need to know about this one. Um, before we get on to that research, um, just so people are clear what we're talking about, they're sometimes called stock launches or floats or listings, and it's basically when a company first goes on to the share market. Um, and right before they go, often they'll already have shareholders, which might be the people who founded the company and perhaps their relatives and, and sometimes quite a wide circle of, of people who've invested in the company as it's got going. But now they've made this big step of being listed on the share market, which means you and I can go and buy shares in the company. Yeah. And right before they're listed, the, um, they often sell shares, not always, I understand, but usually to lucky people who get the chance to buy them before they, you know, just in the days before they're actually listed on the share market. Um, sometimes only sort of people that know the share brokers that are running it uh, get the privilege of buying because it's usually at a pretty good price, those early, mm-hmm. that early purchasing. Sometimes everybody's allowed to. For example, when back... Um, about oh, six or eight years ago, Meridian Energy, Mercury Energy, yeah. and Genesis Energy were all um, were all floated, listed, all did IPOs, and we were all able to go invest in those because they were the government was basically selling the shares, and and so sometimes it's easy to get in before they're listed, and sometimes not, but you can always get in on the day they, they list on the share market. And interestingly enough, there's a fairly small company that just listed on the share market today called Redfern Industries that sells hemp-based beauty and food products. And I've just been looking at what their price has done. It opened at 25 cents, and currently the high price is half cents. So um, there's a lot happening on that particular share this very day. Um, Another much bigger company called Vulcan Steel, which is Australia and New Zealand steel distributor, they're planning to, to float on the share market in early November. And they've, um, they said that they've got about a bit over 40 existing shareholders wanting to sell down their stakes. So those are people that already own the shares, but it's not yet floated on a share market, if you understand these sort of private investors yeah. that are wanting to get some of their money out of the company. There, there sort of seem to be two main reasons that companies do this. One is that the private investors in the company want to get some of their money out to do other things with it. And and the other is just when a company's wanting to grow, I would say that, that um, 
the hemp-based beauty and food products companies probably just wanting to get some more money and coming in for it to grow the company. Um, yeah. So, so it's always green. Green fern. It was Mary. I think. That's I think right. Green fern. fern. Did yeah. I? <laughs> you may not have. You may not have. <laughs> There's something psychological going on there. It is green fern indeed. Um, um, they um, so so the so they're always quite you know or haven't historically certainly been quite exciting these IPOs and in the 80s when the share market was going mad there were a whole lot of companies listing and everyone was saying oh I want to get into this one I want to get into that one what's going to happen on the first day and um, and sometimes the prices saw on the first day and in the first week. Certainly Greenfern looks though it is at the moment. But that doesn't mean much. You know, they can plunge back down again quite fast. The excitement of the first day, sometimes things can get a wee bit silly. But um, so here we have Brent now went back and said, well, just how good are IPOs in New Zealand? And he went back to 2013. And got there. Are, there have been 32 New Zealand IPOs since then, so quite a few. Um, so that must be three a year or something like that. Um, and he looked at the performance of the, those companies from when they listed to today, how they've done over varying periods, because some of them obviously listed back in 2013, and some have only just listed yeah. recently. Um, and he found in their first year of listing, the IPOs on average um, made a 17% return, which is pretty nice, compared with the share market in general of 13%. So they did better in their first, first year. But when he looked at how well they'd done from when they first listed until now, their average performance was minus 3.5% a year compared with the stock market, 13% a year. So they've done appallingly on, on average since they mm. first listed. Yeah. Now, among the ones that have done really well are the three SOEs, the Meridian, Mercury, and Genesis. And they have, like Meridian and Mercury, both did about 20% a year versus the stock market's 14% a year since they were listed. Um so they've beaten the market, um, and 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 Cheetah, Brent Cheetah makes a slightly sort of disparaging comment. He said, "A non-expert seller disposes of an asset based on political ide- ideology rather than investment metrics." So he's talking about the government selling its shares, and it was um, wanting the shares to do well, I would say, and so they priced them quite low at the beginning, so that people would tend to. Um, get get good investments out of them, which is what's happened. And he says, but if we exclude those three from our list of 32, the long-term average is minus over 5% a year that they've done since they listed, which is appalling. There have been some good ones. The the best one was Serco, which is a travel technology company, and it's done fabulously, 35% a year versus the market's 15 over that period. Um, and I thought, um, Brent Sheath, I quite liked his comment there. He said, my firm was offered as many shares in Circo as we wanted at the time of the IPO. And my thinking was that if, I, if I'm getting access to the shares, they can't be any good. In hindsight, that was a bit of a faux pas. He says, 
So he's very honest, Brent. He, he's saying, you know, he should have grabbed more of them while they were going. One of his particular issues is that some of the good IPOs, the public can't get, get their hands on them before they're actually listed and therefore at, a, at what often is a good price. He gets kind of angry about that. But in this case, he could have got more and he didn't. So he's very honest. Um, the other, uh, other two or three that have done really well are Scales Corporation, which is an agribusiness company, and they've done 29% a year since listing. Arvida, which is Retirement Villages, and DGL, which is Chemical Manufacturing, have all done really well since they listed. But then he has a look at the bad ones, and three of them have, as Brent puts it, have completely destroyed their shareholders' wealth. In other words, they've gone belly up. And so people who invested in those have ended up with nothing. And they are CBL, which is the insurance company, and a company called Intuary Education Group, which does vocational training, and Winyard Group, which is a software company. Um, and he talks a bit more about Winyard. He says it was especially popular, and he listed among some of its new shareholders. And I actually emailed Brent yesterday and said, hey, since this ran, this your article ran in the NBR, has anyone come back and said, no, 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 I wasn't one of the new shareholders in this? And he said, no, they haven't. So presumably mm -hmm. they actually were. And they're a rather glittering little group of shareholders. Milford Asset Management, Salt Fund Management, Harbour Asset Management, AMP Capital, and Sam and Gareth Morgan. Now, they're all, you know, major fund, major providers, et cetera, and, and very wealthy investors um, who you'd have to say normally in, invest well. And I'm not... Um, criticising them for having invested in this company that ended up being worth zero because their job is to go out there and take risks and invest in in what looks promising. Yeah. And of, of course, and you won't be surprised to see that some IPOs go up and some goes go down. That's that's why you don't put all your money into one business. That's exactly right. Yes, the the point is that they're they're riskier than your average share investments. The these IPOs, they're quite often new and growing companies that look very promising and they either do brilliantly or they crash you know and um so they're high they're often high risk they're investors. more volatile yes. more volatile than ordinary shares or, or yeah. indexes of ordinary shares hmm. they would they yeah they 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 are as a, as a group There's, there are probably some fairly solid companies in there too who have stayed as private companies for a long, long time and then some of their owners want to get some of the money out and, and in that case they might be well established businesses and you know, so they're not all high risk, but that on average they are and they've done a whole lot worse than the market as a whole. Um, I, I guess by their very nature they will be businesses um, in some sort of dynamic growth phase or just going through some massive structural change like those energy companies, something is going on that has that has had them turn up in the share market and that's probably more likely to involve more risk, for, for better yeah, or for that's, worse. That's, that's probably true of a lot of them. As I said, I don't think it... Well, I'm sure it's not always true. There's just some companies that have been carrying on as private companies for 
years, even decades. Um, uh, Vulcan Steel has been around since 1995. And there's a lot of companies that just want to stay private. They don't want to be listed on the stock market because they're under a lot closer scrutiny from the regulators once they're listed because mm. you and I can buy, buy shares in them. They're much more closely watched to make sure they don't tell fibs to the shareholders, etc. Um, and so a lot of companies say, no, I don't want that scrutiny and I don't want all our, pub, all our private business, you know, what the chief executive's getting paid and all of that exposed to the world. There's a whole lot of reasons why people want to stay private. But then after a while they say, no, no, I actually want to get some of this money out and go on a few holidays and buy an electric car like you were just talking about, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so they... Um, so they float. So in conclusion, so Mary? Yes, the conclusion is that, that Brent says um, that while he, he says of the three IPOs that have done terribly badly, while they turned $367 million into zero, if people had instead put their money into a, a share index fund, they would have ended up with $950 million. So instead of minus 367, they would have had plus 950. Um, in other words, it would have been much safer to just be in a broad-based index. But I'm not saying you should ignore IPOs. Just be careful. You, you know, the prospectuses come out and they're long. Vulcan Steel's is about 200 pages. But at least read the first 24 pages that summarise what the company's 